Audio, purveyors of the finest audiobooks this side of the Rio Grande. Listen to your favorites like Harry Potter, Crazy Rich Asians, even a behind-the-scenes journey into the Netflix mega-hit Stranger Things. Download thousands of award-winning Penguin Random House audiobooks in the audio apps you already use, like Audible, Barnes & Noble, or Penguin.com. Visit PenguinRandomHouseAudio.com slash Two Girls One Podcast to browse their selection. And now, speaking of Stranger Things, here are the only podcast hosts with matching Team Steve tattoos, Allison Goldberg and Jennifer Jamula. everybody. I'm Jen. I'm Allie. Welcome to Two Girls, a One Podcast. Allie, how are you? I'm still a little bronchial. I bronchial. got the plague, guys. I got the plague. <laughs> what does Adelaide and uh, Guys and Dolls, <laughs> we're theater people, folks. <laughs> what, does she, what does she sing? A person can develop a cold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. Okay. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All right. I know that Any- one. All right. Well, thank you for humoring me. Um, Let me tell you guys who we are uh, if you haven't tuned in before. So Ali and I are performers. And for a lot of years, we've been performing the internet, things we find online. We make it into a script. So the internet is our script and we perform it live on a stage in front of an audience. That show is called Blog Logs. From there, we got really interested in different uh, ways that people are interacting online through communities or, or different things that they're involved in, things they're interested in. So we made a web series called Two Girls, One Show on Hoo-Ha-Ha, where Hoo-ha. we... Yeah. Ah. We're, <laughs> it's like a punch to the gut every time. <laughs> mm. uh, where we interview people behind internet posts or communities and go on these adventures. Then we made the podcast. So it, it all is... It's it's an oeuvre. It's our oeuvre of internet wow. works. <laughs> yeah. And here we are today um, interviewing people behind different internet uh, communities. So... Is Today's- that word spelled a lot like hors d'oeuvres? Or or de. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In mm-hmm. fact, mm-hmm. I think it's spelled the same way. <laughs> well, what we're getting into today is kind of different, but I suppose we say that every week. Um, but yeah. I I think it's really interesting. Um, it's like the railway workers. Um, yeah. That's what I got. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> but in oh. 2018, in 2018. Okay. It's like, where are we headed yeah, with we're this? Looking at, we're, nowhere. It's a, ro- a bridge <laughs> to nowhere. nowhere. <laughs> Speaking of bridges to nowhere, guess what you can, how you can create bridges now. You can 3D print them and that's what we're looking at. Nice, nice bridge, Ali. <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't know where you were going with that. I thought you were going to talk about like immigrants who were imported and then worked to death on the railroad. Oh, wow, Matt. All right. That, that's where my head went. Okay. Cool, cool, All right. Cool. That's not where we went. All right. That's not it? Okay. <laughs> that's I'm, not well, I'm glad did. that's not happening okay. in 2018. Yeah, right, right, right. That's like kind of where uh, I was going, though. <laughs> because so we've got like new yeah. manufacturing and there are going to be issues. There are going to be issues. Mm. I hope yeah, not which... that level of abusive humanity, but, <laughs> but probably like that's what always happens. Right. Today we're talking to a man named Arian Croft, who is a designer uh, of 3D print designs on Thingiverse, which is part of MakerBot. Um, anybody, it, it's a completely open forum where anybody can submit their designs. You can find whatever you want and print it off of there. Um, so yeah, we're going to talk about like wh- what the direction of 3D printing, it, where, where it's headed and what are some of the implications of that and what it means for art. Should be pretty cool. Um, my brother is an artist who 3D prints things. Really? Um, yeah. Hey, y'all. Yeah. He ha- recently had a gallery exhibit. Um, he's multimedia. So there were paintings and he he has this whole um, thing called Helvetica Man where like the guy you see on the bathroom sign, it looks like that, <laughs> like that guy. Like he bases all of his art on that. So there are these stuffed dolls, like Helvetica Man dolls all over the place. And then there were these 3D printed things. And it was it was really cool. But it definitely threw into question for me like what what is art what what is art <laughs> is this art Wait, <laughs> i don't know his stuff is all based on the bathroom man is i don't know if that man is specifically called helvetica man but he looks like that man yeah like a little stick figure man he looks like the bathroom man 
looks like the bathroom man. I think my brother like self-identifies as Helvetica as the man bathroom man. Like <laughs> but but don't we all? <laughs> yes. I just want to be clear. Your brother self-identifies as the bathroom man. <laughs> the bathroom man sounds like some villain in a movie. I don't know. And Do you know what? Smartphone on here, damn near is gonna be while on the toilet phone. <laughs> Why does Matt have these queued up? Um, Jen, you know, know what? Our logo for blogologs was also that dude with a computer for a head. Good point. So what did exactly was he three D printing? <laughs> he did. He stole. He stole he for stole. sure. <laughs> to be honest, I, I don't entirely remember. They were different shaped objects that had some sort of meaning, but I, I don't remember. Like they weren't supposed to be. It wasn't like this is. It wasn't supposed to be anything literal. So. You're a terrible your parents sister. must be thrilled. Yes, <laughs> your, your par- it's like what do you what do your kids do? Well, my my son prints uh, indecipherable objects, N- non literal objects, and my daughter is an actor. Uh, so yeah. we're doing great. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Matt, facetious one. Uh, they are proud. <laughs> they are actually. They I'm are. You. I know. No, no, no. I know. I know. They're probably least proud of this podcast, but I don't think they listen to it much like Ali's <laughs> they parents. Don't listen. They don't know. They don't know. <laughs> Yeah. I have mixed feelings uh, your, about it. Does your brother, does he make a living? Is is this his like full-time work as an artist? Uh, he's a, he teaches. Um, mm-hmm. And in fact, that's how he has access to the 3D printers, the college that he teaches at. Indeed. So if you, if you want to, yeah, if you're an artist and want to 3D print, get into those colleges, yo. You can teach like. Break uh, into a school. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Find some children. This is getting really bad in light of news. This is, our, oh man. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. I'm curious about um, all the types of materials that you can 3D print with because I think you can yes. 3D print with anything. And there's some really amazing implications that you and, you and I were reading about years ago about how they're 3D printing houses. They can 3D yeah. print food. I don't really understand mm-hmm. the 3D printing food because you, don't you still have to like make the dough basically and put it into a printer and it just makes it in a fancy shape? One would think. Well, I'm excited about the idea that you just have like a little microwave sized machine and you just stuff it with like carbon like atoms and, and the molecules that make up food like proteins and stuff, but it's not actual food. And then it just rearranges the molecules to create a steak or a sandwich. And then you never Wait, you have think that's to- what's next? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, and you just go I, buy your molecules? Yeah. You just buy, like like you said, a paste or a dough or some sort of mixture that you just you, you pop it in and the it back. And it puts it together for water, you. And then whatever you want just from the menu. Water. Zip, zip. Exactly. Uh-huh. Uh, I think that's kind of sort of in development, but might be 10, 15, 20 years away. But like, I think that's going to be the future of food, but maybe I'm being a little sci-fi about it. Well, yeah, if we're to take the Jetsons as our Bible, then definitely. That's where we're at it. That is my Bible. Yeah, Jetsons, Jews. It's my Bible. Yeah. Same. Same the Jetsons, thing. Were the Jetsons Same Jewish? Thing. That's really hard to say. I mean, I have no idea. Just thinking the words are okay. similar. Um, so basically, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. So we're looking at thingiverse.com today. And basically, these designers upload the instructions they create the instructions and then anyone can print correct yes the models yes. uh and and i i think this is so cool but not yet like super mainstream in the way that like we we talked to kevin mcleod who is a music composer and i think most normal people are parents if you tell them this guy composes music, then he puts music on the internet. And I think most people understand that. And then other people can like use the music and put it in a video or put it in a podcast. And that like kind of makes sense to people. With this community, it's obviously a very big community, but um, I don't think most people understand that like an artist will render something in three dimensions and then upload it on the internet and then you sell it or license it or whatever. And then you can then download it print it out at home or at your university and boom, you've got a little 3D model for your Dungeons and Dragons game and it's custom because it was made by an artist. You didn't have to go buy it at a store or or buy it from, you know, buy the action figure from a, a licensed uh, property or something. It reminds me cool. a little bit of VR and AR in the sense that you have to have the equipment in order to do this yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's that. And that, there, you know, I don't think that, that many, I don't think, you know, it's just not mainstream yet to own it. But as Jen was saying, just find a school. 
<laughs> just yeah. Well, Matt, but, but the exciting thing is that um, n- n- ten years ago, most people didn't really have the 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 um, technology to make videos or make podcasts or multimedia because cameras and microphones were expensive, and now yeah. they are not. And so Good we're point. headed towards a future. So of you think three D printers can get three D stuff? Yeah, mm, they'll be cheap, cheap, cheap. Can yeah, I? Let's hope. Can I three D print a three D printer and then have my own three D printer? Like, what if I find a university, Whoa. I print a printer, and then I've got one? Whoa! Print yeah, we should ask about that. See what I'm saying? Wow. See what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. this yep. is my plan. Yep. You're thinking. You're thinking long term. Yeah, I'm not thinking very much because I've been sick for about a month. But thank oh. you so much. I'm really trying. <laughs> my head feels like it is in a cloud. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not you a Kevin are in a cloud. cloud. Not a Kevin McCloud, but you're you're in a cloud of <laughs> smoke. Like uh, Allie's on the West Coast right now, and you know we know yes. there are a lot of fires happening. It's on out fire. There. Yeah. Well, I had bronchitis, and then it got better, and then everything lit on fire, and then I was no longer better. <laughs> My life <laughs> and then is on it came fire. Came right yeah. back. <laughs> no, oh, I mean man. it's really sad. It was yeah. crazy. I was flying between LA and San Francisco, and from the sky, you could see all the fires. Oh man! Um, wow. And if yeah. you can divorce the fact that there are people involved, like there, it's. You know, there's it's a part like, of it that's spectacular, yeah. right? 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 The yeah. view, but but then of course, like people are fucked. Anyway, comedy. Comedy. <laughs> How's, how y'all doing in New York? Oh, you know, just another rainy day. Um. Yeah. No fires here. Yeah. Yeah. Um. We're good. We're good. We just had. Yeah. The mid- yeah I mean, cold. we all had the. Mid- we all had the midterms. I mean, last week was, it felt insane in New York. I don't know. It just felt like everybody was amped up on this political energy. Oh my gosh, energy. California voter laws are so much better than New York. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. You were saying that you could vote yes. early, take the ballot home with you, do I your research. I didn't understand. I thought what they were, do- I thought it was like illegal. Like I went to city hall just to make sure my registration went through and they handed me my ballot. And I was like, are you allowed to do this? <laughs> <laughs> People vote for like two weeks here. Like it's no big deal. And so, yep. when you take the ballot home, it means you can sit there and do your fucking research and right. figure out which way you want to vote on all the measures and fill it yeah, out and bring it back. Yeah, that's excellent. No, Never it's incredible. Incredible. Yeah. As a New Yorker, it was just like, what the hell's happening? Totally. Yeah, yeah. It's so yeah. much better. California seems to care about voting and um, workers, labor. Like they have the most progressive labor laws. Uh, mm-hmm. Like having, you know, working for internet companies, I, I recall like having conversations of like, we can do this and we can do that. Oops, we have an employee in California. Can't do that because California is a sane place where laws happen. You know, it was mm-hmm. a very interesting <laughs> thing. Wait, so like they wanted to abuse people and then they couldn't because they yeah. worked in California? <laughs> Basically. <laughs> getting it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I'm sure it was something like uh, this, this form or this paperwork applies to everywhere except California because they actually care about people. Well, Matt, yeah, you know no, what this means. They do. It means Allie gets the Trader Joe's card. Like she is entitled oh, to the Trader oh Joe's gosh. card. I'm not. Oh my gosh, thank you Under so much. Under California law. Oh, yeah. Under California thank law, you. just by participating in trivia, whether you get the answer right or wrong, you get the prize. I forgot about yes, that. Yes, thank That's how it you. Works there. I wish you guys could see that I'm I'm bowing a little. I'm so excited. <laughs> bowing? Also, I'm just and I'm I'm ill and I'm just going to buy so much um ginger kombucha with this gift card. I can't wait. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you so much, right. everyone, for this special day. We need to take a break. Uh, we cool. need to uh, get our sponsor message in here. But first, before we do that, I do have to give you trivia. All right. Required by law. Here we go. It is required Great, by, because by, I'm by required by states. California law to get the prize. <laughs> this is a win-win. This is a win-win for everybody. Oh, here. I'm so excited. Today's episode is about 3D modeling and 3D printing. I'm going to give you a list of what are called standard reference objects in computer modeling. Now, these are objects that... 3D modelers and animators across the industry. So no matter what programs you're using, these are common objects that uh, establish things like scale, lighting, and textures inside a 3D uh, canvas, let's say. They're kind of like uh, the programming equivalent of the phrase, hello world. So when programmers are testing out their code and they want to just kind of get started, make sure everything's working, they make the computer say, hello world, to ensure like the logic is, is sound in the computer program. In the 3D modeling world, there are specific objects that are like, yep, this object is in my project and it's all working. Two of these objects are very commonly used in 3D modeling, and one of them, I just made it up, just threw it in there to, to, to mess you up. Which okay. one is the fake? Is it the Uga Chaka baby? No, wait, no, go, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah, that's, that a would be awesome. that's a good one. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. Next time. Your three choices are A, a simple teapot, B, a chimpanzee head, or C, 
a statue of Zeus, the Greek god. Now again, two of these are commonly what? used in 3D modeling software. Anyone who works in the 3D space would be like, yep, I know those objects, I use them all the time. One of them I made up, which one is the fake? <laughs> Rob, uh, so teapot seems super practical, right? Like people might actually want to print a teapot. Gorilla head? Not practical, but is there a reason why that would be used sort of as like a baseline thing you want to test? Like, what do you, because it's a head? I don't know. Are you printing heads these days? I don't know. And then what was the last, a statue of Zeus. A statue of Zeus. And, and let me clarify just again, yeah. this is not specific to 3D printing. This is like, I'm making an animated film or I'm gotcha, making gotcha. A, a 3D object for a video or something. I need to put this in my project first to make sure my lighting looks good. My textures are on point. These are these are common objects across all of 3D modeling. Okay. We have overlap of heads between Gorilla Head and Statue of Zeus, so I'm going to say not the Gorilla Head. My answer is yes, the Gorilla Head is... Okay, it's, you think uh, the, it's, it's actually chimpanzee head is the, is the uh, specifics here, but is, oh, you're choosing okay. B is the fake. Okay, yes, B is the fake. Okay. Allie, you got to guess? Why would, any, why would any of those be more real or fake than the others? I don't know. But you're this just, is like to test... Lighting and texture, it's just like a test object, basically, yep, right? Exactly, exactly. All right, you're I'm going with the teapot then. I'm going with right. the teapot. All right, you're, you're saying the teapot like, is not. Yeah, that's fake. Because if you if it's just like a fun test object, that's more boring than a Got chimpanzee it. head or Zeus. Got but it. I don't know. This isn't fair, but it doesn't matter because I'm going to get the gift card anyway. It doesn't matter. You, law. you win no matter you what. You get it yeah, anyway. Yeah. All right. I love California. We will find out the correct answer after the break. So, Allie, I know you moved out to the West Coast and you don't really have winter anymore, but like in the dead of winter, I'm curious, what's your idea of fun? Yeah, I don't I don't have winter. So my idea of fun <laughs> is um, yeah, uh, probably like a bike ride to the beach. I'm really into that in the winter. You're such an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I had an idea of something we could both partake in. Big fun works on either coast. Is it an audio book club? Is it it's an, an audio, audio book, book club? <laughs> How did you know? You know that's perfect because when I'm biking to the beach, I can have my earbuds in and be participating in our audio book club. All right, asshole. <laughs> no, just kidding. I'm going to do all I'm, my ice skating, so it's all good. I'm also just being completely honest. That really would work for me. I know. I'm just so angry about the weather. But let's do this bi-coastal book club first, and we'll, we'll see how it goes. The Penguin Random House Audio has some amazing, big, fun books out this winter. Um, so Harry Potter's back. I don't know if you heard, but he is it back. It never went away. It never went away. <laughs> Everything's trash, but it's okay. It's a book by Phoebe Robinson, the wonderful Phoebe Robinson. It's out right now. Oh, my God, Ellie, you're going to like this one. There is a Stranger Things book. It's called Worlds Turned Upside Down. Stranger Things season one, I literally could not stop watching. It's the only thing... <laughs> that I have binge watched in that way. There's crack in it. That's why I kept you <laughs> watching. Oh, no, I don't the, know. No, but the audiobook. It is the exclusive behind the scenes of how they made the show. Oh my God, I just lost so many hours of my life. But I didn't because I'm going to do it while biking to the beach. Uh. <laughs> so guys, check out Penguin Random House Audio. You can get them at penguinrandomhouseaudio.com slash two girls, one podcast. You can also find them on Audible, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, etc. Any place you get your favorite audiobooks. All right, everyone, we have some special thanks to shout out. That's right. You thought Matt kept this ship going. You were wrong. Matt's totally useless. The people who really are keeping this ship going are, are these you? folks. <laughs> That's I outsource most of this work. So as long as the money keeps coming in, we're all good. Oh, Matt. Well, who we really want to thank right now are our Patreon, our Patreon supporters. supporters. We've got Jessica Fox. We have Melissa Elliott. And we have James. We still don't know how to say your last name, but he said that he enjoyed listening to us try to figure out. So he I'm won't gonna tell us. I'm going to say Dozier. And Dozier sounds say to me. Dozier. But Dozier or sounds like the name of those guys on Fraggle Rock, those little construction workers. Oh, that's I awesome. like Dozier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or Dozier. Maybe it's Dozier. Dozier. Ooh, I like that. Jen, when we were in Atlanta, I went to the Muppet Museum and I saw those little Fraggle Rockers. The Doozers? Yeah, they're adorable. So thanks, James Doozer. Thanks for being adorable and generous, all of you. And uh, guys, check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash 2G1P. And now a real missed connection advertisement entitled Graveyard Vigilante Slayer, W4M. From the website where I source all my emo song lyrics, Craigslist. I knew we were meant to be the moment you said Hillary Clinton was a lizard person. I didn't care that you liked wearing socks with your flip-flops or that you liked to dress in all black leather. I didn't judge you for being hashtag Team Edward or Bernie. 
truth is, <laughs> you make me laugh to the point my chopped lips bleed. As I lay at night awake writing in my pink and purple My Little Pony journal, I snuggle up to my waifu pillow and wish it was you. I vision you standing there with your Fabio hair blowing in the wind. In one hand, you have a hammer, and in the other is a pack of vagina dental dam. You will probably never see this, but if you do, ride off with me in the sunset on my George Jetson mop. Come live a life together on the farm, breeding horses simulation style. I will never force you to drink shitty drinks like Bud Light. And we can have pet rats and train them to do cool tricks. That ad was made for us. I just feel like there were, it was literally just, it was filled with two girls, one podcast callbacks, and that is what the ad was. Like, did we write that? Did we? Also, I'm (laughs) sorry. Did you write it? I know. Yes. No. uh, And also, we've tried (laughs) to do waifus. So, actually, listeners, um, if you know anyone who has a waifu or is an expert on waifuism, please get in touch with us. You can tweet me at Allie Gold. (laughs) Or me, a June Beggar. All All right. Let's get to this trivia. Time to talk to... Oh, right. Trivia. <laughs> I, I know how. You get a Trader Joe's card. How could you forget? Yeah, I, don't, you, you, I don't you, get you a, have to complete. We have I to, don't I give, I have to give you the answer. I don't give a shit what the answer is. I get right. my gift card. Anyway, I'm going to buy all the kombucha. <laughs> as, as if that'll actually make me healthy. I can't wait to booch. I'm going to be boaching hard today. Booch, booch, booch. <laughs> booch for my bitch. <laughs> Bitchy oh my booch. god, thank you, girl. I'm a bitchin' booch. Boochin' bitch. I'm a boochin' bitch. Uh, check out our new boochin' bitches t-shirts in the 2G1P store. We're gonna be a band of boochin' bitches. <laughs> Today's trivia is about <laughs> Matt's like, modeling. I'm gonna ignore that and keep going as you should. As Moving you should. On. No, I like boots and bitches. We're gonna we're gonna merch merch that up, maybe. Cool. There are certain objects that 3D modelers use to test their three-dimensional spaces. Uh, I gave you three of them. Two are commonly used across the industry, and one is made up. Uh, your choices were A, a simple teapot, B, a chimpanzee head, or C, the statue of Zeus. Uh, Jen, you went with the teapot. No, you went Wrong. with the chimpanzee Matt- head. Wrong. I can't yeah, keep I, you guys straight. I can't. Nobody can. I know, like Your many of our fans. sound fam. exactly the same. <laughs> yeah, don't they? Our hair is the same. Yeah, exactly. The same height. Exactly. Same, same height. <laughs> I have definitely uh, had people Jen. in New York on the street be like, Jen, Jen. And I'm like, I know what you're doing here. It's okay. It's yeah, not me, though. Same Z's. Same Z's. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Jen went with the chimpanzee head, thinking that that's a little silly and ridiculous to be like a, a reference model. And Allie, you said the teapot, because what what good would that do? <laughs> I teapot. Mean, so someone, what good are they? I'm also, yeah. I'm also actively <laughs> drinking tea, but whatever. Got it. Okay. Excellent. Because I don't have my boots yet. I am sorry to say the answer is C. There is fucking no statue of Zeus. Balls. Well, thank fucking me. God I get the gift card anyway. Yeah, you're covered. You're covered. Jen, I'm sorry. You yeah, I Jen, well, I wouldn't have gotten it. Do you know what, Jen? Any... I'm yeah, going to buy you a Trader Joe's treat. <laughs> will you mail oh. me kombucha across the country? <laughs> I will because we're in this. We're all in this together. <laughs> I just wanted to break out in some really bad high school musical. So here's what's interesting about these reference models. Uh, the Utah teapot goes back to the 70s. Uh, Wait, apparently, there's a Utah teapot? Yes. Uh, like the University... The s- Utah is- University or the University of Utah was one of the cradles of 3D, uh, 3D graphics. And so uh, academics, when they were developing these technologies, were figuring out how to model 3D objects. And it's also called the Newell Teapot, uh, a computer scientist by that name. And they were just like, hey, we need a re- we need something to, as a baseline to understand how 3D space works. And as the story or the legend goes, his wife was uh, bringing out tea and she just said, hey, how about some... Uh, how about this teapot and it actually works beautifully because it's cylindrical it's partially convex and it has a hole in it so that uh and it also casts a shadow on itself so this one singular object that everyone can recognize kind of like tests a lot of factors in a three-dimensional space and so he designed this teapot and now the teapot has become like a very standard object for a lot of 3d modelers and it's also kind of an in-joke uh in that a lot of like major films, animated films, will put the teapot 
in uh, like as an Easter egg in the film in Toy Story, there's a like a tea party scene that has the actual teapot in it. Oh, uh, okay, this, this is getting cool. First, I was like, "What the fuck, Matthew?" Now I'm in. The Simpsons Treehouse of Horror Six is a Simpsons episode where he enters the third dimension, and there's a teapot Ooh. that's referenced there. Uh, and then I love the chimpanzee head because uh, there is 3D modeling software called Blender, which is open source, and that has a, a very fascinating history as well. Um, and we'll talk to our guest maybe a little bit about this as well. But anyone can download Blender for free and use it to create very sophisticated models. And there's a story about how I think the the product was being bought and sold in the early days, and one of the designers was leaving the company, and he put this chimpanzee head as a reference in Blender as sort of like a parting gift to the software. And for whatever reason, it stayed uh, as part as a reference object. So in Blender, you kind of like, I can create a sphere and I can create like a donut shape and I can create a cylinder or whatever. And then at the bottom of the list is this chimpanzee named Suzanne and it's called a primitive. It's, a, it's an object that you put in your project to, uh, to test the space. I like that the chimpanzee's name is Suzanne. <laughs> Me That's great. too. All right, well, let's get All into right. this. I think it's time. It's time. It's time. We're so excited to have with us right now, Ariane Croft, who is Dutch mogul on Thingiverse. He makes 3D printed designs. Welcome, Ariane. Hey, everybody. Thanks for having me. Well, we would love to dive in by hearing a little bit about your background and how you ended up uh, being this this mogul of 3D printing. Right, right. The, the true mogul. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even Dutch, actually. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, not not much of a background to speak of. Uh, I, I actually just got into 3D design as kind of a necessity because I couldn't find a designer to, to make some things I had sketched out uh, back in, I think, late 2011. And I just kind of found that it was pretty accessible and easy to get into uh, the free programs that were out there, like Tinkercad and Sculptress. And yeah, the rest is kind of history. Just for our listeners, can you tell us a little bit about your personal background that you were trying to print some things? Yeah, so I'm a, I'm a tabletop game designer. Uh, that's that's what I've kind of always been into: uh, board games, RPGs, things like that. And I always wanted to be able to make my own, like prototype my own board game parts and miniatures and and, and, and those kinds of things. And it just uh, when I heard about 3D printing, uh, that that really opened up a whole whole new kind of vistas for that. I had done sort of traditional work like sculpting with epoxy or doing kind of junk sculptures. Uh, uh, working with uh, with kind of found object material, and you know, uh, with the, some to some success. Uh, but the three D printing is just and three D design is just really really opened it up. Okay, so was it in twenty eleven that you got in Thingiverse? Has Thingiverse been around that long, or how did you get into it? Yeah, Thingiverse has been around a little longer than that. Uh, I actually got into it uh, uh, around uh, uh, I think it was like late two thousand eleven, uh, and when I was jumping on, it was pretty, it was pretty, uh, pretty sparse, but there was still, you know, the people it had been established. There was a, there was a community growing there. Uh, and, and you know, nothing, nothing to the size that it is now it's, it's, it's blown up massively since then. Yeah. What would you say is the tipping point for when people really started to download your stuff? <laughs> uh, it's really hard to say. Uh, I, I did a design, uh, based on, uh, Savas, which is uh, like the chess-like game that's featured in the Lord of the or not Lord of the Rings, <laughs> Game of Thrones. People are gonna hate me over that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and because uh, I I'd never read the books, but a friend of mine was was really into them, and uh, so I kind of studied up on it and, uh, and and did that as like a Christmas gift one year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that was probably that was probably the moment where it really blew up. Uh, went to the front page of Reddit for a little bit and. Not that I really know how to use Reddit, but that is an adorable Christmas gift. Sorry, I can't talk. That's an adorable Christmas gift, man. English language Christmas gift today for me. DIY, you know, (laughs) make your own uh, presents. So you were um, doing this for yourself and for friends, and then you chose to upload it to this sort of public forum where anyone can download it. Uh, Why did you decide to do that? And then what happened? You know, when this kind of blew up and you got this following. Uh, I was just really kind of taken with the open source community. You know, I, I really liked the the people were really helpful, and they just they shared their designs, and they 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 uh, they, they made everything free. And I, I've always I've always liked that quite a bit. And even now, I mean, we uh, my, my my company, Ill Gotten Games, we 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 make and sell some things, but we still release a lot of our designs as open source. And what are some of the other really popular ones that you've created? 
Uh, let's see. I, I created a game called Pocket Tactics, which was a, is a sort of little uh, board game strategy game, uh, which I, I designed to be kind of optimized for 3D printing. Uh, really tiny pieces. Uh, doesn't take very long or very much material to make. You know, re- kind of optimized for for the the, the process. And that was a that was a big one for me as well. That one actually that arguably could have been what what put us on the map first. And we, we're we're in the the we have like we have four editions of that game since we launched it in 2012, and we're about to do a fifth. And who owns these designs? <laughs> Sorry, maybe I should know this, but uh, do, <laughs> uh, do you? Yeah, own no, them? no, they're, they're, they're we we own them, but they're 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 posted under Creative Commons. Got it. Okay. So wait, so you own them, but anyone can use it. Yeah, that's right. Like we okay. we 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 own like the intellectual rights to it, but. You know, I would say loosely, but uh, but they're they're out there, and anybody who has a three D printer can download it and print a copy themselves, give it to friends, do whatever they want. And do you find that most people are downloading and printing, or are they? Because I know you can also use the models and not necessarily print it, but use them in a virtual space. Is that correct? Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with uh, Tabletop Simulator. That's a that's a pretty nope. big. Uh, uh, kind, of, kind of a video game you can get on Steam, and it's it's like a virtual space where you can basically play board games uh, uh, with this little physics simulator, and you can upload your own designs. And we've actually uploaded our games there before, uh, and and those are those are pretty. That's a pretty popular avenue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, a lot of our fans, uh, especially in our Discord server, are familiar with Tabletop Simulator. We've been we've been talking about it here and there. Uh, and it comes up this this idea of hey a popular board game a commercial board game is no longer available uh, a, a modeler builds it in uh, Blender or and uploads it to Thingiverse and then they get hit with a lawsuit because you know I can't play this game I can't buy this game in a store and then I downloaded it from the internet because my friends and I love it and then boom you know it gets taken down uh, what are your thoughts right. about that kind of intellectual property stuff. Right. Yeah, I know that's a real, real sticky area. Uh, I mean, it's it's, it's, a, it's a lot like uh, kind of older video games that people play on ROMs. You know, like like there is is there justification based on the fact that it hasn't been in production for a while and isn't currently released on a system. Uh, in the case with our games, I mean, we're totally cool with it because we have them out there for people to physically create. I, I don't see any reason for them not to be able to reproduce them in that format. That's so interesting. Uh, I didn't know that people were actually getting hit by lawsuits. So is there any kind of regulation yet of 3D printing? And I don't mean to get so dark immediately, but like I know you can also 3D print guns, for instance. So like, how is this community regulated at all? Oh, no. Get as dark as you want. I'm, I'm down. Uh, oh, <laughs> yeah. I already did it. <laughs> the guns thing is super creepy. And that's, I think, some of the kind of the first uh, real regulation we're seeing, you know, on like the governmental level. We've seen lots of companies give things like cease and desists to designers who are trying to like replicate their their models. Like uh, Games Workshop is a big one that comes up a lot for people trying to make little space marines and orcs and things. Uh, and I don't, to my knowledge, I don't believe any like real legal action has been taken. I, I could be wrong about that, but it certainly isn't anything super prominent. Um, it's I, I, that that's something that may be coming. Uh, definitely something that we'll, we'll we'll probably be seeing at some point. But right now, I mean, three D printing is still kind of uh, I guess what they would say like blue ocean, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wild west. Yeah. Do you think we'll be able to three D print three D printers? That was our big question oh. earlier. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. We've uh, in fact a, a lot of our machines. We have some some kind of scratch built machines in our in our banks that we use, and a lot of those parts were made on our other printers. Good. Ooh. It's like when you ask a genie if you could get more wishes, you know what I mean? Yeah, right. But um, just a little bit more on the regulations thing. So um, are there moderators of Thingiverse that are internally alerting designers that, you know, flagging designers or something like that? Or is it more that outside companies are sending a cease and desist? I think it's more outside companies. I, I don't, I've never really experienced, like personally, I, 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 don't, I don't make other people's properties, so I don't really... And not often, uh, and so I've and I've, I've certainly never heard from anyone about it. Uh, yeah. But I know I, I do know of companies specifically contacting people, and maybe maybe they do that through Thingiverse, and Thingiverse has to alert them. But I think it's direct. Okay, so Wild West is the final answer. 
We're all. I think screwed. so. Yeah, I think cur- cool. currently Wild West, but I would I would say that the the sheriff is coming probably. So <laughs> okay, so we should act fast. Well, like I should start yeah, printing oh, yeah. all Print- the things that I can't afford right now. Yeah, yes. Print, yes. print a printer and then print, print all printer, kinds of print shit. Whatever you want. Please don't. That print makes guns, me look like a rich bitch. No guns. No guns. No guns. You I'll, might print I'll a print puppy. Yeah. Well, that's not alive, so I don't know. That would. I don't think that would give me the satisfaction I would really want. I got to think about this. Fair, but enough. I would, Fair enough. I would print a lot of things. Well, you'd want to print an extinct species if you were going to do that. So an extinct oh. species. Okay. Okay. Maybe some Bigfoot. <laughs> oh, yeah, then then I can a cryptid would be excellent. Maybe we could make a Mothman. Yeah, that'd be... <laughs> then, I, then I could stage some Bigfoot erotica, which is apparently popular right now. That's um, really anywho. big right now. Yeah, yeah. At the congressional level, even. Uh, exactly. <laughs> I'm thinking about Thingiverse and open source communities a lot like YouTube when YouTube was the Wild West, meaning you anyone... Would. I would do that. Anyone can upload anything they want to YouTube, and of course, people were uploading uh, Disney movies and and other uh, intellectual property that they didn't have the rights to. And for a very long time, Hollywood was like, "Nope, take it down, take it down." Uh, you know, YouTube needs to police this stuff. And at some point, uh, same with music, of course. And at some point, record labels and movie studios were like, and YouTube sat down and said, "Hey, if uh, Star Wars and Moana get uploaded to YouTube uh, or clips or whatever." the user can't monetize it we're just going to run ads on it and then everybody wins because you can use the copyrighted music in your videos and they stay online so i'm wondering if there is similar discussion in the 3d modeling community of like hey i just want to print one more orc for my uh you know copyrighted game and i can't monetize it but the 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 licensor will just take a cut or or monetize it when they when they do that download it, it, could that be a solution in five ten years that's a that's a real good point uh and uh to that effect i, I i'd say that there's some key differences um first of all if you're if you're uploading thingiverse you you can't monetize it uh there's there's no way that you can really make money off of it but companies don't want to see like Games Workshop doesn't want to see their 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 characters being reproduced so they can be downloaded for free rather than when someone would go out and buy that thing, for example. Uh, but where the gray area comes in is unlike YouTube, where you're uploading an entire movie or a song or, or whatever, uh, this is a recreation. So it's arguably considered uh, fan art. So it, it's really it's really difficult to define at the moment. Uh, it's more like if you were reshooting those movies yourself and doing, you know, uh, your own take on it or doing a cover of a song and uploading that. Uh, so it's real difficult to define. And I think that's that's kind of why it hasn't it's been so slow to, to happen. So interestingly, if you do upload a cover song, you in most cases, you you cannot monetize it. It is claimed by the rights holder of the song. So in the same right. way, I imagine you the licensor could claim the the little piece of ip even though it's not the complete game in the same way i think so too yeah and, and i mean i mean i think they'd, they'd, they'd have a case there but it's uh yeah it just has, has yet to be seen i think yeah well i guess it's just different because there's not the same type of monetization i guess the other thing is like what happens if people start you know like when you go to chinatown and there's the fake uh, gucci bags you know what i'm saying like what happens <laughs> right. if people start printing and then trying to sell their knockoff board games like that's the where the monetization kind of comes in i guess i don't know dungeons and draglins <laughs> draglins yeah that's where it gets really sticky that's when, when people when people are doing it for profit yeah that, that definitely is is where where people tend to take notice if you go to thingiverse and you search for say like star wars you'll find you'll find a ton of different models that people have made and i i know that there was actually a, a sweep where all those were taken down at some point but they just came back and i i don't know what precipitated that or, or what the what the grounds were but if you were to go to a site and try making like a Darth Vader and selling it, then that would that would definitely take notice. Yeah, but you could do it like a lemonade stand. You know what I'm saying? Where you like do it in your neighborhood and nobody knows. Like I bought oh, sure, my just friends. Take a, like a booth at the farmer's market full of exactly full of 3D printed Star Wars toys. I actually think <laughs> that would do quite well. I bought my friends a Star Wars Christmas ornament. I hope they don't listen it because they'll know. But anyway, uh, yeah, I could 3D print that and then not have gone to the the Lucas Films place here. Anywho, speaking of Star Wars, which I love, can you talk to us a little bit more about the groups and community interactions on Thingiverse? Because it seems like there's a lot of 
people interacting and talking about the designs. And I noticed that on your page, you are a member of a Star Wars group and a ton of other groups. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I, I think I joined that one specifically because I made a couple of Star Wars designs. Uh, what did you make? What did you make? Can I have an Ewok? I want a little Ewok. Uh, I think that's possible. Yeah, absolutely. Sweet. Um, I, I made some some miniatures that were compatible with uh, their new uh, kind of miniatures war game they put out. And I made, uh, as part of like uh, Little Bits did a challenge. And they're a company that makes, uh, it's, it's like a little programming package for kids. You can make little robots and things like that. And it was when The Force Awakens was coming out, we made this a vehicle that was sort of loosely tied into that. And so that you could that was kind of remote controlled. And then what what is the interaction among the communities like? Like you have fourteen thousand followers, right? Like have you met them? Like what's happening? I do have some followers. Yeah, I'm 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 mildly internet famous there. You know, just just, just like my father before me. So <laughs> I I uh yeah, we don't do a lot of uh I don't do a lot of interacting on the groups, uh, although I know that a lot of stuff happens there. Most of most of my most of my group interactions happen on Facebook. There's some pretty big uh, active active groups there, but I know that people are active there, and I know that they they that, that's that's an avenue that they use to see the designs a lot of the time. So when I upload a thing, I'll I'll go ahead and kind of like tag it with the different groups that it's kind of relevant to. If it's Warhammer 40k or Dungeons and Dragons or Star Wars, then I'll I'll put a tag on there. And that I think that's how a lot of people see those. I'm super curious about 3D printing as art, and I want to get philosophical up in here for a second because <laughs> I know Hell you yeah, and I yeah. chatted. Yeah, all right, cool. You and I chatted before, and you mentioned like, is it creating to create something from a machine? And I'm just super, I'm very interested in the fact that you have like this more traditional background as a sculptor, and if you see any parallels between more traditional art and this kind of design and art and is it art or what do you think right that's a that's that's a that's a sticky one too isn't it uh <laughs> if you if you design it and then you print it then i would say yes right because you're you're going through all the steps and uh and then you're you're you're, you're you have a final product that didn't exist before you had the idea and decided to do it if you're just printing something well maybe not but you know, uh, I, like, I used to do a lot of found art sculpture, so I don't see any reason you couldn't do that. Uh, we did a uh, we did a, an event where we were taking. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the game like Katamari Damacy. No. So it's it's a it's a Japanese video game where this little character takes this ball thing that he rolls around and it gathers up just kind of random objects as it goes. And we we did that with Thingiverse. I, I started it a few years ago. Where basically you just grab other people's things and cram them onto this Katamari model, and it just gets bigger and bigger, and more jumbled and complicated. And I think there's something artistic to that. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you've you have co-created some designs on Thingiverse with other people too. Oh yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a there's a big culture of remixing there. Um, you can take somebody's design, and if you if you even have like just minor modeling skills, you can you, you can alter it in ways that are whether it's suiting something you need or you want to add something to it or whatever. And that's that's a huge part of the community. Uh, they have in the Creative Commons when you when you post a thing, you can you can designate it as non-commercial or non-derivative is one of the the options. And you know I I'm not crazy about that one personally. I feel like if you're putting something out there, you should let people. Uh, you should let people modify it and play with the design all they want. Uh, and yeah, that, that's, that's a, that's, that's, that's a lot of fun. It's, it's a lot of fun, like putting something out there and then seeing what people do with it. Right. Did you ever make something on Thingiverse that would, strictly was a piece of art in your mind that wasn't really functional? Like it wasn't a, a piece for a game or anything like that, but it, it truly was just meant to be like an art object. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Lots of times. Um, okay. I did that. Uh, uh, I've, I've done just regular sculptures that kind of do for the heck of it. Mm -hmm. uh yeah yeah definitely i have a few designs like that that's awesome have you had an exhibition of any of that i haven't uh, you know i've always thought about it we have we have a i live in bellingham washington we have a, a pretty uh active arts community here and i've always kind of uh debated getting into that but but again like you were saying there's always the question of is what i'm doing art you know right well, yeah i think it is yes i mean i think it is i think it is too <laughs> because um, really but, i mean at a certain point it's just a new form of sculpture right, right. yeah yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't want to like you know throw my voice in with the luddites and say that you know any X new uh, electronic music isn't real music or whatever. You know, I don't <laughs> want to <laughs> join in on that. Uh, right. It's more just kind of a self conscious aspect of it. But 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 yeah, I I, I do agree with that. It's designing. I mean, it's like saying is Pixar 
animated films are is right. that art well of course they are it's just of course. on a computer i mean that's it's a different uh, medium yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. right just because something uh from from the outside seems easier doesn't necessarily mean that it's less artistic right 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 well, actually, Jen, you were talking about this earlier, but I think it works well with mixed media as well. Um, I know that one of the most common printing materials is plastic, but what are the other most common materials that people are now printing with? Uh, I think it's it's pretty much all plastic. Uh, there, there, there is a nylon you can print with, but I don't hear about it much anymore. It kind of kind of came and went. Uh, it was kind of in the middle to early days of 3D printing here. Uh, for the most part, you've got two kinds of plastic. You have uh, ABS, which is like the kind of stuff that Meg- Legos are made out of. And then you have uh, PLA, which is like the corn plastic that, you know, if you, if you, the disposable utensils are made out of, things like that. And that's a lot more kind of eco-friendly. It uses less energy to, create, to, to, to print. Uh, it's a little easier to work with. It's actually pretty ideal. What materials do you think will become popular? Because I know people are talking about printing homes and printing food. Like, what do you think is kind of the next frontier for 3D printing? Oh, yeah. Everything, everything me and my little company does is pretty frivolous compared to, you know, like printing homes and concrete. That's, that's obviously, uh, Can you stop talking uh, yourself down, Arian? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, no, but, but, you know, I mean, uh, people making prosthetic limbs and making homes and, uh, printing food is the big, is the big talk on, on the horizon there, which, which, which I, which I find fascinating, uh, printing for medical purposes, like being able to actually print new tissue, uh, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, that's, that's, that's certainly the future. Uh, I definitely think we'll see that. How, okay. We're a little, we're a little behind, but how would you print food? What Matt says you put the molecules of like protein and whatever into the printer and it prints the food. How do we do that? That's That's the future. That's the future. I'd like to see, but, but yes. Yeah, they're working on it. You know, there's, there's, uh, there's, uh, I I believe there's actually been progress made on 3D printed meat, like actually creating uh, meat in a laboratory that you know never came from an animal. Uh, I was just my friend's working on that. She has a startup company where they're well, they're growing pork out of a non-meat. Like they're making, I don't know, out of what exactly, but yeah, they're not three D printing th- it, but they're they're growing it. Yeah, I think that's amazing. No, I'm curious the connection, right? The companies that make the meat from nothing and the, or from non animal from not animals, and then how how is it then printed? I yeah that that, that, that source material. That's out of my league. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not entirely sure. And uh, it gets referred to as 3D printing, and I'm. I'm sure it's not using like the 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 quote unquote like fused deposit method where it melts the stuff and put it on a puts it on a plate and you know builds it from the ground up. It's, I'm sure there's a wholly different process. Uh, but I guess it's you know I mean, that's I've never heard it refuted as that being a form of 3D printing. So I think maybe we're we're talking about two different processes or two different steps in the technology. One is like what are the molecules that make pork taste good, and how can we recreate them in a lab? And then once we figure out exactly what that um, matter is and how to make it, can we spit it out of a like a consumer printer? Correct. You know yeah. that, that strikes me as two two phases of of a cool frontier right absolutely i mean you have to you have to define the the the, the material chemical process first and then uh, obviously the, the how, how it gets printed who, who knows but you know i have no doubt they'll figure that out by the way guys our government is not going to allow us to call this meat oh, <laughs> just yeah, fyi no, no we're gonna have to come up yeah. with some new name for it yeah i don't know no, if just, you guys have like, ideas let us know it's isn't it just protein <laughs> Or we could just call it delicious if it tastes like <laughs> pig. Just delicious, yeah. I guess I'm just confused how like those molecules, like whatever it is, how that matter goes into a printer. I guess yeah, we'll find I, out. Well, yeah, don't let Kanye know about it. Otherwise, he'll... he'll Whoa. Uh, you, guys oh, you guys don't remember that? Yeah. The fake human meat. No. I No, what did he say? Oh. There was a there was a there was a Kanye flavor. He yeah, he was involved in that somehow, right? Am I is that, right. is that a- I did no, you're right, you're right, you're right. There was a, it was like a bunch of celebrities, right? It was right. like what would their bodies taste like? <laughs> what is this? I just I just threw up a little in my mouth. Yeah, it's pretty disgusting. What was it? Yeah, that- what was this thing? What you could buy something? What was it? I, yeah, it's synthetic it human meat. Product. That's 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 all I really recall for, about it. Yeah, I, I don't remember what the process okay. was, but I think I think it was based on animal tissue. But they somehow right. Yeah, right, right. But think about the that's a gosh I never even thought about. It. Think of the ethical can of worms of like great we solved meat we don't have to kill animals anymore but now we can manufacture any kind of meat including human tissue and would you like you would never try cannibalism 
for real, but what if you could do it well, speak for, for yourself and get the same yeah. experience? Yeah. <laughs> That's definitely going to be the subject of a horror movie, and then the person decides they're addicted to human meat and starts killing humans. That's how it goes. Yeah, okay. yeah. It's like it's that like a gateway line is too predictable. Yeah, it's a gateway. Yeah. Um, Arian, if, if, uh, if you were um, pr- 3D printed, what would you taste like? Oh, geez. Good, good question. I, I'm not as into sweets, so it'd probably be salty. Yeah, definitely like high on the um- umami factor. Okay. Oh, I like that. Um, okay, Allie, what would you taste like? Maple bacon. <laughs> That's probably the best. That probably is the best possible answer. Yeah, I, I just want to be delicious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matt, how about you? What would you taste like? I got to give it more thought. Come back. <laughs> All right. I'm glad I'm we went down that wormhole. Uh, no one cool. should anyway, be ready so- for this question. <laughs> <laughs> and I am sorry about my brain um, asking that. So what are some other things as someone who is immersed in 3D printing culture, which, you know, most people aren't yet, you know, I mean, wh- at what point do you think, I mean, do you think people are going to start having 3D printers in their homes or, uh, you know, is it going to be more community centers? I mean, is the price going to drop that much? Like, what do you just think is like the future of 3D printing? If you could just yeah, go on I, about I, that, I, no big deal. Just a little question. <laughs> no, no, it's, 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 it's a great question. I mean, I, I do think people are going to pretty commonly have them in their homes. Just just, I, just based on the growth I've seen since it started, first thing that will happen, of course, is the is the community aspect. We, we already see like a lot of libraries are, are, are starting up little compu- uh, printing, bank, printing banks. Uh, a lot of towns have at least one makerspace, which is which has come up. I, I don't know if you, you've, you've encountered anything like that. Uh, Yes. And yeah, it's it's becoming more and more affordable. The real hurdle is is uh, uh, like the user interface, like how easy it is to just kind of plug in and start printing because it's currently not really there. You've got to follow a bunch of tutorials, uh, kind of exert some extreme willpower to get it to work for the first few times. And, <laughs> you know, there's like a lot of new kind of trends and technologies that come out. You can go on like eBay or something and just find really cheap 3d printers that people bought immediately gave up on and and sold uh but it's gonna get there somebody's gonna crack that and and we'll definitely see it price range is already we're already seeing printers under 200 dollars that that people uh, are are pretty fond of does um i have a question does software or like file format play into the user experience meaning like what is the mp3 of 3D models, is there one yet? Oh yeah, the MP3 of 3D models, right? Is is an STL, which is uh, which is for uh, that, that's that's the thing that gets printed the most. The, the software is kind of all over the place because every time somebody puts out a new printer, you know, there, there's a chance they're going to come up with their own software for what, what you call slicing, which is like telling the computer how to print the object you've made, right, or that you've downloaded, uh, and currently. There's a lot of different programs being used, and they're, some are not particularly user-friendly. Some are better than others. Uh, that's another area that needs to be streamlined before it's going to be super common and available. Okay, so the format wars are not on the software side. Everyone's using, uh, you know, STLs, as I understand them, are, are sort of movable between programs. It's about how the printer interprets them yeah that's the betamax versus vhs problem right now yeah exactly like and depending on the company uh filament is another route that the, com- that the companies use to kind of make their their things more proprietary uh not like different materials necessarily but they have locks so like you can only buy it'll only register plastic that you buy from us for example and you know, most most companies don't do that but but some do and and you know, it, it, it's easy to hack and get around. So I don't think that it's been a problem for a lot of people, but that's, that's, that's where it's been attempted before. Well, that's great to know. Um, I have a ton of trouble just with normal printers. Um, so I'm going to have to wait a little. Uh, the, <laughs> yeah. It's constantly like the toner needs to be replaced and the paper's jammed. But um, oh, yeah, I look forward remember- to being able to print things. Do you remember when your printer used to talk at you? Like in the 90s, it would be like, problem, communicating with the printer. <laughs> Did that happen to yes. you guys too? All right, well, that'll, we'll deal with that with 3D printers too. Um, that might have been a dream, a dream that Jen had. We, we need the American online version of 3D printing. That's, that's kind of coming around. So. Get that dial-up sound, yeah. You've got toys. <laughs> You've got pork. All right, um, cur- curious to know. Is, I would you know, love we, that. I know. <laughs> As we bring this to a close, what is your absolute favorite thing that you've created? My absolute favorite thing that I've created? Uh, 
from a selfish aspect, the, the, the game I made pocket tactics is kind of my favorite design, uh, because it kind of helped me realize a lot of things I've wanted to do over the years. Yeah. That's, that's a hard one to answer. <laughs> Sorry. You, you're very prolific. So I understand. <laughs> yeah. I, I have a few uh, designs to choose from, so it's kind of like, yeah, just, just you, know, yeah, 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 you got yeah. top five. Let's hear it. Yeah. Okay, top five. Uh, I'm gonna say uh, Pocket Tactics, uh, uh, the the original edition, and we'll be making more of those eventually. But yeah, that, that's that's probably number one. Uh, number two is uh, Baby's First Mace, which was like a medieval weapon rattle I made for a, a friend's <laughs> uh, a friend's kid. Uh, that's awesome. I want that. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's 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 one of my favorites. Um, you know what I love about this? We live in a world of Amazon where it's like anything I could think of, if I want it, I can just boop, beep, boop on a button on an app and get it in two days. And it's uh, it's so first world problems to say this, but it's become uh, desensitizing, boring, whatever. And then you have this community making unique objects. Like you cannot get a, a, a baby rattle in the shape of a medieval mace on Amazon. You can only get it from an artist on uh, Thingiverse, and that's like what's cool. It's like Etsy, but for Etsy, 3D yeah, printing. Yeah. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, there's a lot of overlap there, of course. Uh, a lot, a lot of uh, a lot of people who 3D print stuff will will sell it on Etsy for sure. Arian, we have uh, a few questions from our Discord server. We let the them our, our listeners know that uh, we were chatting with you today, and and actually a lot of them have been answered. But I have two questions here from Chad. Okay. Uh, one, he asks, will it become possible, or maybe is it currently possible to recycle three D printed goods? Meaning, like, is the plastic can I just throw that in my recycling bin, or or put it back into a printer and make new stuff? Ah, that's a really good question. Uh, well, if you're printing PLA, uh, it's technically biodegradable, so you can just toss it into the compost. Mm-hmm. I, I think uh, you know. Oh, that's cool. Uh, now uh, with ABS, that's another thing entirely. Like that stuff is going to be around forever. Uh, it, the, I know that there were early attempts at making uh, machines that would recycle your 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 sort of failed prints or. or, or whatever you would you'd feed it in and it would it would feed it back out as filament that you could reuse that was definitely cool uh but i think that most companies are moving away from abs in general pla has kind of become the standard material that just about everybody uses so yeah it's it's actually pretty environmentally friendly that's great uh and and maybe last question from our discord uh also from chad do you know of any specific objects or tools that you could print today that are like useful around the house that you would recommend? Oh, geez, that's a really good question. Yeah, I know that there's a really popular series of hex wrenches uh, that people have made. Um, mm-hmm. We we actually 3D printed a, uh, a, a a miniature turntable, which we use for a lot of our miniature designs, uh, where you can you can you can uh, put it on the center of the disc and you kind of turn a crank and it, it turns it around. And there's a place to put like your iPhone or camera or whatever you're using uh, to take take footage of it. And that, you know, I mean, that doesn't have a lot of household applications, but it's actually, it's, it's really cool for the kind of things that we do. Awesome. Well, thank you for taking the time to talk with us. I'm sure you got some designs to get back to. I got to get a 3D printer so I can start printing some of this stuff. Um, but thank you for being with us. We really enjoyed speaking with you, Ryan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pleasure to be here. Thank you. Well, I'm looking forward to the future when we're Are 3D you? printing organs and food and I taste like maple bacon. I, you know, I, I like to cook. So, but I don't know. Maybe this is just a new way of cooking. Um, but I will definitely miss that in a 3D printing future. Yeah, say. but it'll be a new world. You'll be creating the instructional models for the 3D printer. Yeah, but I don't want to do that. New kinds of recipes. <laughs> but, <laughs> you'll be creating recipes in Adobe Photoshop. Exactly. Be <laughs> yeah, but if it's delicious food, I'll certainly eat it. You're I'll go be to the 3D restaurant. Goes and lives in the wood. In the woods later. That'll Maybe. be what happens. I mean, I'll keep my kitchen in Manhattan, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I just, um, you know, as we were discussing, I-, I have enough trouble with normal printers, so <laughs> they never work for me. Yeah, well, it, well, he was, I mean, that's the biggest barrier to entry right yeah. now, I guess. Is, yeah, just figuring I out was how that he answered the question I was trying to ask when I was like, what's going on here? And he was like, that's the, you know, when you talk, yeah, talking about the barrier to entry. Were you really Um, trying to ask like, am I like, (laughs) were you asking about yourself? Like, am I? No, I was trying to get across like, like, I was trying to get, get to the point of like, 
what are the barriers for this being mainstream but as we yeah. as we know unfortunately Allie is sick with bronchitis forever and can't form sentences but Allie, I'm so happy everyone is still with us as Allie. yes <laughs> I don't know anymore but no that Walk. was what I wanted to know about is like when if and when this will become mainstream and what are the barriers to get there so thank right. you for interpreting my questions indeed, well, indeed. I think it's, it's like co- companies getting their shit together and mm-hmm. and sort of agreeing on formats and systems in the same way that so much home entertainment technology we've all been through the whole like Betamax VHS and laser discs versus you know Blu-rays versus HD DVDs it's like companies fight with each other until one wins and then everybody gets DVDs and they're all, it's all like normalized and that's probably what's going to happen here I would imagine right mm-hmm. right I know this is a dummy question but since it's open source like this it is really hard to regulate right like <laughs> it is frightening like because yeah. you know people are 3D printing guns like that's the thing that's happening that's really frightening especially in today's world where shootings are going up which is fucking crazy mm-hmm. and we need to be having stricter gun control not you know print it I don't want to even advocate that message, <laughs> but yeah. anyway. I, don't, I don't even want people to know that you can do this. Yeah. But anyway, take it, take it back from uh, gun. I mean, that's an extreme thing, and and so you can use any medium to do really terrible things. You can spread propaganda or terrorist messaging through YouTube if you wanted right, to, and that's but, happening, and it fucks an election. So right, exactly, yeah, uh, the extremes but, but, are a problem. But the most common form of like abuse on these platforms is like I'm uploading movies. And I'm I'm stream downloading music for free and, yeah, and so it's piracy. Shit. Well, we don't yeah. care about it, but like yeah. the laws and people's I internet intellectual property, like people do care, and we need to figure that out. No, I'm just saying that doesn't scare me. You know what I mean? Right. Like the other right. the extreme shit is it might be the fringe, but it's real. So right. that's right. concerning. But when you talk about regulating or making rules about this stuff, like most of the rules will be about hey, don't pirate yeah. my stuff because yeah, I'm ha- Disney. Yeah, there's got to be a way to take certain instructional models down. Yeah, no, it'll, yeah. it'll work the way YouTube and and torrent sites are. Which, typically... as we know, it works so well. <laughs> yeah, you can't you can't win the battle. <laughs> yeah. You have to play ball with the platforms at some point, and and that fascinates me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I increasingly feel nihilistic about the future, but I know, Matt, I just have to keep talking to you because you're a forever optimist. So <laughs> I know, Matt is so optimistic. It's crazy. Well, what, so what freaks you out? Is it because it's like it's so disruptive to commerce and food, like you were saying of like, hey, instead of going to a store or even instead of going to Amazon and getting something in two days, I can get a lamp instantaneously from 3D printing. Like that is really cool. But it's also weird, and that's freak. That freaks people out, right? Is that what you're getting at, Matt? I just don't know. I just think is <laughs> is humans like it would be cool to I I would actually I would 3D print a lamp, but then I think about like other things. It seems that, unsafe if it's plastic. That's true. Uh, well, that's sure. Yeah. Sure. Put that aside. Yes. The more I learn about like how biased we are, just naturally, you know, Ali and I look into that a lot, and some other stuff that we do, and I just don't trust our brains as humans to create things that are truly healthy for us and like i don't know i'm just worried you know like why wouldn't we just cook our own food or like i don't know or like people are going to be printing guns and yeah so i i don't know i just don't trust humanity maybe that's what i'm saying (laughs) but i guess my my counter argument uh, which i guess is optimistic in favor of the open source movement is like previously sure well i i understand what you mean but like Previously, we have been trusting corporations. Like, unless you're out in the woods killing your own chickens and cooking your own food. That's going to be Jen. Which is, (laughs) if you want to do that, that is the only way. But short of that, you're still getting your food from supermarkets and agribusiness and you're getting your lamps from China. And so you're trusting other humans and corporations that never had your best interest at heart. All they care about is making money. So isn't it better to get a a lamp from a stranger on the internet because it's free and it's open source and you're you're in control of it, is is my optimistic view. 100%. But I do think that there are actually like smart experts out there in in that, like who are doing 3D printing things, of course. Like we need, like, I just don't know that everybody should be doing everything all the time. Like, I don't know. I think we should have like a compass and an expert and like a person who's like moral and ethical like you know kind of within each new thing like 
not just one person, but like a group of people kind there of like keeping like an eye on it. International bodies, committees, or right? yeah, sure. something like sure. that. Yeah, uh, you're, you're talking about regulation, and and so yeah. and sticking with the lamp example, it's it's kind of a silly example, but you get a free lamp model from a, a stranger on the internet, and you print it at home, and then the lamp explodes because it wasn't manufactured properly or safely or it melts or it catches fire and your house burns down who is at fault who's if you bought it from a company the company is liable but if you bought it from a, a, an internet stranger what are the laws around that you, and you that is where the regulation yeah forget the guns that's a crazy that's obviously scary but it's more about public safety when it comes to right. consumer goods and that's the new frontier Right. Well, guys, we want to hear what you have to say about all this. Of course, we always do. So tweet at us. Let us know. Um, I'm at June Bugger. J-O-O-N-B-U-G-G-E-R. And I'm at Allie Gold, A-L-L-I-G-O-L-D. I got to spell it for you, Jen. My friend said you have to spell it at the end. He's like, I don't know how to. I can't spell. Okay, My I'll friend did tell me time. that. <laughs> you can also email us at 2G1podcast at gmail.com and we read your email. So please do you know, send, us, send us a letter. Um, you can call us and leave us a voicemail, which we might play on the show. And that number is 347-871-6548. That number again, 347-871-6548. And you can join us in our Discord server, discord.gg slash 2G1P, where we are having a lively conversation with listeners of the show um part of which is them suggesting show topics so definitely pop in there oh yeah and we'll also let you know who, who we're about to interview and you can um send us questions you'd like us to ask yeah and if you would like to make a contribution to this here show to help keep us chugging along uh what can they do ali patreon.com slash 2g1p and finally these episodes are released out of order but you're gonna hear me coughing for several weeks so if you'd like to send me any herbal remedies please oh. do oh man <laughs> anyone All got right. any drugs for me good luck <laughs> with that who's got the drugs <laughs> tweet me at Allie Gold I'll see you next week oh God. bye guys Jumpers <laughs> 1 podcast is hosted by Allison Goldberg and Jennifer Jamula and painstakingly rendered in three dimensions uh, I mean edited by Matt Silverman in New York City additional editing for this episode by Logan Yuri. production assistance is provided by the Pocklomerate thank you to long running sponsor Penguin Random House Audio who record more than 1,000 outstanding audiobooks every year so you know there's something for everybody popular titles include Harry Potter Crazy Rich Asians Everything's Trash but It's Okay and many more download your favorites in the audio app you already use or visit Penguin Random House audio.com slash two girls one podcast to browse their selection the podglomerate a sonic universe and we can have pet rats and train them to do cool tricks <laughs>